Hello and welcome to the Thursday show on the Frontline Gaming Network. My name is Paul Murphy. I'm back this week. Thanks for holding it down last week, gentlemen. Joined by Adam Camilleri. Uh, we did as best as we could. Our feeble efforts were enough to get over the line, but you know, wasn't the magnificence that it will be this week. Oh, uh, Mr. Dusted coming from the shadows. Oh, yes. We tried our best. It's never as good with, without you, Paul, but uh, oh, we're no. glad to be back now. And now it's going to be a real show. Adam and I tried to do. We did our best, man. We did our best. Add some uh, some uh, some credibility and some legitimacy to this. Uh, but no, don't say that because I'm actually going to be out next week. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I will be back the following week. Uh, for, uh, I'm going to miss you guys. Always. Well, I- but you're going on vacation, but also a work vacation. Because like we've got like three bumper weeks coming. This week yeah. we're covering two amazing events. Next week we've got an amazing event. Week after that we've got some amazing events. Man, strap in. We've got some crazy good episodes in the works. Yeah, so this is your weekly tournament hype show where we're going to talk about the biggest tournaments happening this weekend. Uh, some of the heavy hitters you'll see there, the list types you'll see. We're going to break down and do some analysis and also pick our winners. Did y'all pick any winners last week? Did, were, were, you, were you close? Uh, yeah, maybe. Bang, maybe. bang. <laughs> I, I I called it. I, I even called the. I think I even called the podium for the the Australian event last week. I called T Suns Grey Knights and Nids and Nids Grey Knights T Suns. It was I, actually I can't remember if I called the, the Grey Knights. Tyrannids. but I called the T Suns. is really well. There's a freak show player down here called Eric Lathuris who can just take whatever he wants and get and get a podium. I He's told you guys. Done. I told you you needed to be careful with that list. It was scary. <laughs> None of you believe me. <laughs> oh look. Look, man, like, yeah, fair. All right. <laughs> I, I love it. Sometimes, you know, you know no, look, I, I mean, I'm going to get, like, we look at these lists and we see these things and we do. Sometimes there's a little bit of, of hope where we want this to, want this thing to manifest. But sometimes you can really see it. You can know that the players got that, they've, they've got their that opportunity in front of them. They've got the tools. They've taken that. And you can see what else is in the field. And then the player skill gets into effect. And then the winning happens. Yep, mm. it does. It, that that list, right. is, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary sneaking. It's exactly what Eric kind of brings. I've seen all his lists. I love watching like his play style in terms of his list. I wish I could watch him live a lot more, but I live across the world from him. So what is, Adam, what is start streaming that stuff down there, man? I got to see this. Dude, I streamed. I streamed every he, he won every event that he went to for nine months straight. And I streamed all of those. And now I, I don't stream one. And I'm, I'm the villain here. <laughs> That's right. Because you did it before. So why can't you do it again? Like I wanted to see I'm that. In, I was so excited I'm in to lockdown. watch that. I've been in lockdown in Victoria for a two over 200 of the last 12 months. That's 200 days of the last 12 months, so to speak. Well, I guess uh, that's fair. But yeah. But dude, what, what are we covering this week? Also, um, in the chat, give us feedback on the new format. We've got some new assets in play. Our wonderful man, Richard and Val, have been behind the scenes updating some things, getting some things lined up so we look fresh, we stay current, and able to give you the hype show in a visual experience. Uh, yeah, for, for those listening. Yeah, for those listening in the podcast later, we have what the assets, the fancy word is. The, it looks a little different on the screen now if you're watching this live or on YouTube or on video later. So let us know what you think. Uh, you know, well, you know, bring, bring back the t- TVs. Maybe every five episodes, we're back. We're back to the TVs. Uh, so this this week, we're going to cover uh, some uh, amazing tournaments. Two giant tournaments: a Las Vegas team tournament, which is a major, uh, put on uh, with you know, but Frontline Gaming is, has some absolutely uh, amazing players from all around the U.S. And then the London Grand Tournament, which is they can you know make a claim to fame as being a super major right now. 
Yeah, well, as as it sits right now, the London GT will be the biggest uh, tournament that has ever happened in the in ninth edition, and so that's it's going to be so cool to see uh, what comes from the fallout of that. But it's so amazing to hype it up and look forward to what will happen there. And they're going to they're a weird number. How many rounds are doing? I think they're doing seven rounds for that one because that's I think the uh, the number on the dot they need to get one undisputed winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just going to be super interesting to see the breakdowns there. Uh, where do you want to jump into, gents? Let's jump right into that team tournament. I actually, I love team tournaments and we could spend a lot of time talking about this because of the complexity that is in uh, getting you and and four plus of your friends to the same mm-hmm. tables of the same day at the same mm-hmm. time to roll dice and do it in a way that uh, gives you a shot at winning is it's harder than it sounds. So yeah. I really would like to break down this team tournament and and call the, out the fact, well, the style of the tournament uh, that... 58 teams, five players each, 290 players uh, total. Uh, let's break down some of those factions. Yeah, ph- phenomenal achievement um, to get just 50, 58 teams is crazy. You don't see 58 teams outside ATC or WTC anywhere in the world, pretty much. Maybe there are some like, uh, I hear Spain's got a ridiculously, you know, pump and scene. Maybe they got well, something close to that over there. 58 but, um, five-man teams, remember? Exactly. So that's, that's why we get yeah. the, the number of players. We're looking at close to 300 players coming here and rolling mm. dice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing effort, and uh, as as always with team events, you only get to use one codex a codex mm-hmm. once, and that is inclusive of Space Marines. If you want to use Space Wolves, can't go using Blood Angels, can't go using Death Watch. That's it's, it's one and done, and so that really makes a lot of depth. So when we talk about the faction breakdowns, we're essentially talking about how many teams of the fifty eight teams in representation decided to take that faction, seeing as you can only mm-hmm. take the faction once. So please keep that in mind when we when we when we switch over and go to the faction breakdowns. Speaking of that, let's hit that um, and uh, get a little bit of a look see. Because man, it is a very interesting, a very interesting tale here. Do you guys know how this, um, how this format differentiates itself from maybe some, some other team events? Because they, they haven't gone with the conventional kind of, um, win. They've gone more win loss and less, um, you know, a, a sliding scale of, of points at the end. Well, uh, what you're talking about is some tournament tournaments have a differential to, to yeah, where yeah, you, put, you put it in there, to where you, you, you add up everyone's score, and then whoever, if if someone's up by more than twenty, it's a win, and and it slides the other team down by twenty or whatever. There's there's yeah. things that happen with the scoring mechanic to create this separation of things, and, and uh, also maybe the fact that this differential exists. Any anytime there's a scoring mechanism at an event, it can influence what actually gets taken in the list because it, it affects mm. what people. have have to do what they think they have yep. to achieve on the table yeah absolutely and i think when we talked about this before too when with the team tournaments when you're looking at something that's not a differential and it's more win loss you're gonna see a lot more all-rounder lists than you would yes. normally yes the need to skew the need to put a, a barrier in place for your opponent's score is not always there you always yeah. want to leverage and get ju- just go in score the, get the biggest score you can across the board and in saying that we uh, there's been some assumptions out there and i'm just going to say this before we have the the list breakdowns come up and the faction breakdowns people are assuming we're just going to see the best singles list just people just taking five mm-hmm. best singles lists they can because they just want to go in there and, and smash face and get as uh, the biggest scores possible l- let me um, also state one thing though even if that is the case that is actually what you often see in t- in tournaments like this team tournaments people mm-hmm. will bring what they think is their best list it is where you start to well people take the most risk as they start to do these things like i think you know where we talked about this in the past you know where i going into one of these events i'm going to take three solid brick lists, three all comers can do anything. We, you, you could probably name the codexes without even me mentioning them. And we're going to see them represented here when we start talking about the faction breakdown. But then you got a couple of lists that can really be those, those daggers, those, those pit traps, uh, those, those, uh, you know, basically, uh, pits that you can wrap up your opponent in, uh, if they can, if they can even pull it off skill wise. 
Well, exactly right. And uh, ninth edition offers some very unique opportunities when you talk about teams lists. Because for the very first time, I think in the in this games of the, the team lexicon or whatever, you have defensive lists that are defensive by dint of scoring potential. And I'm talking about things like Dark Angels, um, Death Guard, some of the Horde esque uh, Death Guard lists. Uh, Necrons can be the same as well. Um, this this is kind of the role I see a lot of uh, GSC and Hive Mind lists going into as well. They are defensive, not because that they are going to hold back and maintain like a defensive posture in the game, but they're just going to have like three models left at the end of the game, but a huge score. And um, that's that's a whole different polarity that we don't really see. We d- we didn't see that uh, as prolific in eighth edition. It was a little bit of it, and we didn't see any of that in seventh edition or sixth edition, to my <laughs> mind. Um, so this is a really brand new thing that we've seen, kind of added to the makeup of teams environments. But let's hit that faction breakdown. Let's go well, to that transition. One second before we do that, I didn't remind folks of this, but if you if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you hit that like, share, subscribe, leave us a five star review. That's how the ways people can find us. It helps those little algorithms uh, churn. And this is what we're going to do every week: break down these types of lists, give this type of analysis, and. Some thoughts and also a little bit of hopes and dreams we're going to sprinkle in here oh, oh just <laughs> entirely sprinkled. Uh, adam you want to run down those those factions yeah we, we gotta finally get to it now here we go here are some <laughs> new assets for your viewing pleasure um jumping in for the uh, lvtt so like we said 58 teams so please take into the, that into account um 22 admech 29 drakari 21 Sisters, 15 Orcs, 20 Grey Knights, 6 T-Sons, 5 Tyranids, 1 Hive Mind, single Hive Mind. And we're going to be breaking down that list because, you know, for the lols. Um, 0, zero Mono Lol. GSC, um, 20 Custodes, 17 Necrons, 4 Astra Militarum, 4 Chaos Space Marines, 1 Demons, 14 Mixed Demons, um, 2 Tau, and I know I can tell you right now, one of those is Tau proper and one of those is Farsight, 21 Death Guard. Eight Imperial Knights, three Renegade, zero Craftword Eldar. That's a donut. Five Eldari, six Harlequins, that's, 39, 39 total Marines, guys. That's not break- surprising because, mm. you know, when you're fact, you, you get these one codexes, you got 58 teams, you know, most people have a Space Marines army. They know somebody has a Space Marines army and Space Marines are a solid army. Like, okay, great. You might be, um, you know, uh, you may not be as skilled as as the or as versatile as probably but as, as some of the other players on the team. We need you to break out that Marine Force and get us uh, three wins today. Exactly right. Everybody knows a bloke in their local scene who plays Marines. Who probably plays yeah. Marines quite well. Because guess what? You, you can just about everybody if you've got a decent skill set in in this edition, especially ninth edition. You can play Marines pretty well, um, and you know not necessarily go out there and you know be the best in the world. But you're going to get a decent score. You're not going to be a, you're hopefully not going to be a liability. And so they're just a good fallback. You know, oh, scratching your head, what's our fifth list? We'll just take an all rounder Marine list. It's just, just going to do fine. Yeah, but um, that zero craft worlds is surprising. Now I guess we're going to see some of that if we if we actually get a list breakdown of where of the five Eldari, the mixed uh, of those. I I think that. Yeah. I mean, that's either got to be a combination of things. Maybe some the models they wanted weren't available. You know, maybe the guy who was or, or the the team member who's really good at at playing those out of line of sight shooting uh, craft worlds is also their sister's player or something. You know, I I, I, I can't explain yeah. why we why we don't see. Uh, some mono craft worlds there because well, of all the tools they can bring into these things, create lopsided yeah. matchups like you were talking about. With with um and you'll you'll see this a lot with lists or factions that aren't in like the zenith of their their power at the moment. You need to have a reason to bring them. You need to have a role there for them. And I think Eldari, uh, sorry, Asurani, Crawford Eldar are looking like they're 
they could, they're a primary faction, but they don't want to be a mono faction because there's some things that they can do, but they can't do. Like, uh, they're, they're a good comparison to Ashamil Time at the moment. Craftworld Eldar do not have a melee deterrent. They do not have a reason. If uh, if they're sitting back and plucking you with all these very good quality, very high value um, out of line of sight shooting pieces, the same as in Manticore's Basilisk, Wivens for Ashamil Time, there's no real decent reason for you to not just run up and touch those models and be like, shut them down, shut them down, shut them down. Harlequins add that to them. And mm-hmm. I'm saying Harlequins, I'm not saying Dark Eldar, because the Dark Eldar is too good a list to leave To dilute the it. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to it's, dilute it's, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, want, you want to have it. If you're taking mm-hmm. if you're taking any knife of the knifey uh, super faction, you want to take, you know, the, the most powerful one, which is Drakari at the moment. There's no real reason to, to be like, I think I'd rather have the, the guard-esque Craftwood Eldar build and not the super all well-rounded, beautifully, amazingly high-scoring Dark Eldar army. Like, there's just no real reason to do that. Yep. Um and so, and you see that reflected, like literally five mixed Eldari, whereas we have what twenty nine Drukari, like twenty nine. Um, so there's a huge difference there. Um, Dustin, anything that's jumping out at you on these stats that really kind of takes you by surprise? Well, that's not surprise. There's a couple of things I like seeing about it. Like what it's what you're saying too. Like you see Zero Siriani, so no craft a lot of their own, and you're saying that the Harlequins are the best uh, ally to them, which they absolutely are. That's why you see six pure Harlequins too, because even on their own. They can they can run uh, run amok. What I really like seeing because you were saying too, fifty eight teams, and you want to make sure you take a you take the best, you take the best list you can, and no single faction has is on every team. Because there's fifty eight teams, no no no, right. no factions on every single team, mm-hmm. and that I like seeing that because that means there's a little bit more. And this is why I've said uh, it I, before, and I'll say it again: there are no gene stealers on these teams. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Open the bear already. <laughs> so I, I, I still, I still love team tournaments. They're the epitome of uh, like 40k right now. They are the best, and I love seeing the balance in this uh, this spread right here. Mm. Um, one thing I would like to point out is. I expe- I've expected to see this happen a little bit. I, we saw it last weekend, but now we 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 see this kind of ebb and flow when new codexes come out. Like, look at the Grey Knight numbers. Huge. 20. 20. 20 Grey Knight players mm-hmm. in, in attendance. 20 people thought Grey Knights was one of the, would take up one of the best slots in their five-man lineup or five-woman lineup, whatever. Um, but uh, you see you see the opposite with T-Suns. T-Suns don't have a great representation here. Mm-hmm. Only six lists. And yeah, that's, you- a, that's interesting. With, with, I mean, do you think yeah. that this is there's a little bit of hobby lag going? Hobby lag is what we refer to when the, the codex comes out and the choices are are a lot different than what it maybe was in the previous iteration of the codex. Yeah. And so it, it so there's a little bit of a delay uh, where where people you know they know what the best list is or the best mm-hmm. list for that codex is, but they just haven't had time to get it on the table. Do you think we're experiencing that with this? Uh, yes and no. Well, I think. Um- so Grey Knight, it was very easy to see what the best Grey Knight build was, or what a, what a very strong, very good for the meta Grey Knight build was upon release. You just looked at it and you're like, any combination of power, armored units, and as many Dread Knights as I own. Usually that's, you can't really go wrong. You know, that's going to be a good list. Might not be the best one, but it'll be good. T-Suns, I think it's taking a bit more nuance to figure it out. Um, and I think there are some issues with some of the uh, mainline units that people expect to see in t-sun's things i'm talking about things like uh, volkai contemptors some cracks are starting to show in the armor of the volkai contemptor because there's a couple of armies out here they are horrible into i'm talking grain i'm talking orcs that volkai contemptor 
is trash into either of those armies. The buggies with Ramshackle don't give any craps about that. And Grey Knights having um, Tide of Shadows for an innate 2-plus save and then having a 5-plus against the, the Immortals, they're starting to drop off wholesale as well. I think people are still trying to figure out where the best T-Suns build lies. And the fact is, I'm not sure people had enough time before the Codex to figure out what role they would play in their five-person their five person lineup. And mm-hmm. the fact is, I think things like Death Guard play that similar role easier people are more experienced with it people have all the models they need i think that's what we're seeing here people just like well i could jump off death guard and go on the new hotness but i could be exposing my team to you know having a weaker score line there because i'm so experienced with death guard so experienced with you know whatever other chaos marine list uh, or um or, or mix of demons, whatever you might be. Because there are still 14 mixed chaos lists here and uh, six chaos space marine lists. So there's still quite a few other people here who could jump on that in the meantime. But that's an interesting one. I would have expected to see like still like 10 or more T-Suns lists. Having only six well, is okay. a bit of a surprise to me. So, you know, I think the fact that, you know, the, the Forge Fiends and that kind of stuff, you, get, you can see them now. And the Volkite Contemptor, uh, that, okay, it puts out lots of shots, but I, I think it, it it really fit in very solidly for lists that were, that were struggling to deal with certain things now. And now mm-hmm. there are more lists being injected into the meta I, with Orcs and, and Grey Knights and so, yep. some other thing and answers to that. And so I think its effectiveness is going to fall off, but it's still going to really play extremely well into those, mostly Drakarian sisters. I, I think it's... It, it struggles a bit with uh, with Admech, but it's still a, a very valuable tool. But now, yeah, now there are double or triple the things out there that it's not the best against. And that may be mm. why you see it falling off. Yeah, I think yeah. that's actually the main thing to think about here too. Now, to your point too with the orcs, the T-Suns do have a relic that actually kind of helps with the Volkite against. And that's one of the reasons a lot of people will take one Volkite because then exactly. they ignore the Ramshackle, they ignore any minuses to hit or anything. And that actually makes them really efficient against it. Mm. And the uh, orcs do have a bit of trouble taking it. But aside from that, it's still... I actually think the main reason we're seeing this kind of uh, mix between or a drop in T-Suns in a team tournament like this is that they have kind of the same role is, as uh, Grey Knights do. That's why we see a lot more Grey Knights in a team tournament than we would Thousand Suns. And the Thousand Suns, I can speak from experience here that I've been testing a lot of them to try to fit them into a team that uh, I'm getting ready for, a team tournament that's coming up. And they just, they felt really lackluster in a lot of matchups. We found that they... They actually won't like they'll win, but if they win, it's not a big win, and yeah. most of the time it'll be like a, a big loss when they lose. So it, there's no oh, there you real, go. There's no real mm. middle ground for it. now with a with a pure win loss tournament. I could see like there's still they still have the value in there, especially when you have a good uh, T Suns player. But it's when you see get the differentials, especially that's uh, one of those armies that I feel is actually loses big but wins small. So it's a little more risky in a team tournament. I got to give some love for the chat. Yeah, Norgo Matthew, we're definitely going to talk about the representation of Death Guard in this uh, in this tournament pretty soon. And KR Quinn brings up a great point: is that Thousand Suns are kind of hard to do borrow hammer with. You know, that's another thing with yeah. these team tournaments. You really are you're trying to distill down and boil down to the best list for everything. It's not just necessarily hey, show up with your normal tournament list uh, most of the time. That you you do little tweaks here and there to help you with those matchups and and like earn those points that Dustin was just talking about. But not everyone has all these things as an option and so you know mm. if you these event the models have not necessarily been available to supply chain uh and yeah. if if people didn't have them before you can't just call your buddy up and say yo man uh, give me 30 of those rubric terminators like well the best i could give you is five or zero yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah exactly right um mm-hmm. so there's uh, a, a a lot we can unpack here I, I like actually a phenomenal amount we can unpack here the 
the reason, and, you're, and to your point, Dustin, uh, the reason like uh, T Suns are still trying to coalesce into what is their role is because I, be- I believe you're absolutely right. I believe for the vast majority of players, they have the same issues that I think the the Deathwing the Deathwing builds have. Um, they don't do a lot to stop your opponent scoring points. They score well themselves, but especially because they got that phenomenal secondary. Um, they score very well themselves, but don't do a lot to interact with your opponent's scoreboard. So you're always running mm-hmm. that fine line of like, hey, I got 90 points, but my opponent got like 87. You know, yep. I suppose that, that is a big deal here because we're not going off differential. Because if that if that was in a differential system, that would be a ten ten draw. You have to be more than five points above your opponent to get that eleven nine differential. Um, some other interesting things here: uh, only two tower players. I, I'm not I'm not crazy surprised by that, but I wanted to point it out. And also, in addition, um, the Admech polarity is not actually as high as I thought. The Admech and sisters aren't actually as high as I thought. In fact, the Dakari as well. I thought all of them would be pushing. 30 plus teams that's another one of those things to where you need a lot of models you need a a lot of specific Mm. and unique models that are are either they're they're already consumed by those players so we we talk about you know when you need if you're bringing the uh, you know what is it forty-seven thousand transport drukari or something like that or the 120 uh uh, rangers or you know that one of those types of lists yeah it's it's you're not going to see there not everyone's going to want to do that and more importantly, yeah. other people are also going to think about how to beat it, and that's what we're going to see, or that's why that's why we see probably uh, the Death Guard and the Custodes that we do. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Right. Necrons too, probably. Mm-hmm. Do, they, um, do they know the uh, terrain that's going to be at the tournament too? Because seeing uh, six eleven it's, knights, seeing eleven play, knights is actually a little exactly. Surprising to me. It's player placed. It's FLG player placed. Oh. So it's, they're actually going to have a bit of agency, and so you you see some mm. of these lists that you may not see otherwise. Like knights are all of a sudden really potent here because they get to mm-hmm. they get to have a say in like the lanes upon which they can move they don't just have to rock up to a table and just cop what they cop um so they've got a lot more agency and i think they're actually a really empowered faction in this format both sides yeah. the renegade and the imperial knights interesting that we see usually you see a, a, a polarity between them like a you know a, a homogen hom- they're pretty homogenous like you'll see eight and eight like or you'll see five and five or you'll see six and six and seven or whatnot but seeing eight and three i'm actually interested the to know yin-yang. why there's such a, a big gap between the two of them <laughs> it's just because Chaos players have other other stuff to be doing, or maybe there's a, a couple more of the renegade knights in the, in the mixed uh, chaos lists. Is it, are there are they pure knights when you put them down? I'm assuming yeah. they are. I'm just yeah, pure sure. knights. If the, the ones yeah, I so list are only, are only pure knights, I actually I'm surprised at that because I I do think that uh, I I think chaos knights, pure chaos knights, is actually better than pure pure. pure I don't know. I, I, they're I, struggling I though. They're struggling yeah, in the know, field right now. Sure, but so. I think I think defensively Imperial Imperial Knights are better. Offensively, Renegade Knights are better. And in a team's format, you want the deterrent of, hey mate, I've got Renegade Knights, and if you go second, you might just lose um, because I'm just gonna you know dunk every every weapon I've got is gonna supercharge. All these lightning locks are gonna pop off, and I'm gonna have damage three Avenger Gatling cannons and all this nuts stuff going off. Hey, I'm gonna hurt myself doing this, and if you survive this turn, I may not be able to win, but you're going to shake it in your boots at the thought of possibly going second versus me and just getting demolished. Well, that's, they, they give it's it, a very so we, real thing. We haven't talked about the pairings here. So, you know, it's it's not guaranteed you get to play your best matchup every game. There is some mm-hmm. uh, back and forth in there to where you could be put in a lopsided matchup. And and I think that the people that... The only reason to bring knights to these things is to try to create those lopsided matchup situations. Yes. So I think that the number of knight players here is... It, it's hard to read at the surface level because it has a lot to do with what the other team, the other list on their teams make up to how valuable that night player actually, or, or the night list actually is. 
Yeah, it actually is guys... important to see what they're teamed up with, I think, to see exactly where they're fitting into their uh, their team meta. In fact, I mm. wouldn't be really surprised if those three Renegade Knights are on the same team as three Imperial Knights. That's oh, true. Yeah. And they yeah. try to stretch stretch those pairings. So make, make sure one of these guys yeah. um, gets through and gets that big old win. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Marines. So Marine total. Uh, oh, the we Marines. got to talk about Space Wolves too when we're talking about uh, these. Wolf Priest exactly Carl here is right. holding down those Space to. Wolves. We have yeah. to. Very... Very, very first time I think I've seen Space Wolves be... Uh, sorry, no, sorry. Last week we saw Space Wolves be um, the most numerous faction, and now we're seeing, again, they're equal most with Dark Angels, 10-10. Now, those two are at two different ends of the, the spectrum. Traditionally, we see Dark Angels taken as a defensive list. Space Wolves ha can't not be offensive, especially their Space Wolves successes. And then, straight down from that, we have seven White Scars. Now, if you take those two together, um, and then you take the one Blood Angels, that's 18... Essential. Oh, sorry, and and one uh, black Templar as well. There's probably 19 out of the uh, 39 lists that are just aggro. They're just they're just aggressive. Lists. I love it. I um, love that. And, and, and that's me making some assumptions, of course. But no, I, I think you're dead on, right? Why else would you be taking yeah. those factions? I mean, obviously you can play them very many different ways, right? But in this situation, you're trying to overwhelm your opponent. Like my opponent has no screens. They have nothing. They have, they have no deployment tricks. Okay, well let's mm. just ram these things across the table, and maybe they don't have an answer. Mm. I just mm -hmm. want to say, bless their cotton socks, but there's one Imperial Fist player. <laughs> <laughs> bless. Good for you, soldier. I bet they're Go painted immaculately it. also. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's probably... If somebody's bringing them, they're gorgeous, for sure. Yeah. In interest, interesting, and I I've expected to see this, and we're starting to see it. Five, uh, five Death Watch. Death Watch slowly bubbling away here, with Orcs getting inje in injected into the scene, Drakari mm. being the possibly the preeminent um, faction in the game at the moment, especially uh, you know on win rate, Death Watch is still bubbling away, still bubbling away, and the teams line up having that threat that hey, I've just got a bunch of stuff that counters this guy. Do you want to take the risk, or do you want me to just go into somebody else? Um, it's it's a very nice little thing to have in your back pocket. Uh, Death Watch seem to be almost like a coin flip situation. Either they get their tricks off, uh, they know when to enact their stratagems, they've got the right mix of of uh, kill teams on the table, or they just get boxed up. Yep. Yep, spot on. But I'd say in looking in looking at this, yeah, twenty nine Drakari, fifteen Orcs, seventeen Necrons. Just talking about those three back breakdowns. Like the vast majority of the list is going to have a Xenos army for those Death Watch players to go and hunt. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, "I'm trying to get you. I want you. I want you. I want you." And just having that um, be a, a factor in your in your pairings, uh, hopefully, contributes something because that's I think what the power they would bring in this. Um, do you want to talk about some of the top teams in representation? Yeah, let me get some of the comments here though. Is that Sashiap says that uh, the Book of Rust gave the Imperial Knights something more than the Chaos Knights. That may be, that may, that may be what we yeah. see. And I, but I'm willing to bet, True. Justin, that you are right, that there is an overlap between those, some of the, the I think probably every one of those Chaos Knight uh, t players has an Imperial Knight player on their team and they're hoping mm -hmm. to, to create those lopsided things. Um, and then, yeah, not a lot of Iron Hands uh, <laughs> representation. Not a lot of Iron Hands, not a lot of Ultramarines, not a lot of Salamanders. And usually we see, you know, usually um, Ultramarines is like the second or third most represented faction. Um one Iron Hands. I can't. I can't tell you why that is. I got no explanation for one for only two Ultras and one Iron Hands. Well, this, I think they're trying to create these really lopsided matchups. And while yeah. the Iron Hands and Ultramarines, they they are able to win. They mm. are able to uh, get victories, but they're not going to make anyone have target priority confusion. They're well, not going to. Uh, I don't think really create situations to where one army can just run over the other army. And and also, so when you think about what those things bring to the fore, they're, they're, they're usually the strong backline shooting armies or the strong alpha strike shooting armies. And that just means that I think teams have found that in other places. They've got like, well, we've already mm. got that covered. We don't need the ultras. We've got we've got Admech. Why do we need why do we need Iron Hands? 
we've got Admech in our lineup to do to play that role. And so we're seeing them like be like, well, what do we actually need Marines to do? We need Marines to be intimidating. Let's go get all these aggressive uh, bastards into our lineup, or we need them to be ultra defensive and let's get those Dark Angels in. And so we're seeing this bit of an ebb and flow about what people think will be viable or what people feel like they have a position for in their lineup. Well, we talked about how even a small win is is good enough to maybe get you to the next round or whatever. But people aren't going to want small wins. They want they want big wins. They want uh, sounding victories is what is what yeah. they want. And you you I don't know if you get that consistently with some of these lists that we see underrepresented. Absolutely right. Now let's jump down and talk about some of these teams. So the top three teams in the ITC have all sent a squad. They've all sent a squad. And it's interesting to say the least. The first up, uh, Art of War is in the first place team. That's uh, Jack Harpster playing Black Templars. John Lennon, the current number one ranked player in the world in the ITC, playing his sisters because he's barely lost a damn game with them. Brad Chester playing Dark Eldar. Nick Nanavati playing Grey Knights. And Richard Siegler playing Admech. Now, I don't need to tell you that that lineup is disgusting. <laughs> it's absolutely it's, it's a revolting. A little scary. Yeah. Uh, quality <laughs> players and a couple of un, I mean, couple of unknowns here at least for the list with the Black Templars uh, and the Grey Knights. Uh, but you know, you got a great sisters player playing sisters, uh, accomplished player in general. You know, uh, playing Dark Eldar, been playing Dark Eldar for for what seems seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you know, Siegler with with Admech, uh, you know, coming off a, a a very sound strategy last exactly. you know big big win in Orlando not that long ago. And yeah, I mean, you, so, yeah. You, you can't balk at the effectiveness of this team. No, but there's two, there's two, there's two interesting choices here. Nick Nunavati playing Grey Knights, which I, I don't think we've seen Nick Nunavati take Grey Knights to a tournament, and Jack Harpster switching off Blood Angels, which he's been except, exceptionally um, successful with for the last couple of events. He was playing um, Bl- uh, Black Templars prior to that, but um, he's back to the Black Templars for this one, which I think is quite interesting, possibly a choice for the meta or a choice based on the different terrain formats, because um, I really think the GW, the GW terrain really, really benefited um, Blood Angels phenomenally. And yep. maybe he's just decided that a little bit more resilience because I know he's gone Terminator heavy on this one. A little bit more resilience, you know, so a bit more. No, th- this is their brick list. This is we don't know what to throw exactly. out there. Okay, well let's put yeah. this out. But uh, it's brick. It's brick yeah. with X Factor is what the Black right. Templars is. It's brick with like devout push jank thrown on top. You can just be like, yeah. oh, it's a bit of a, a headache for your opponent. And then Nick on Grey Knights, I think, is a really interesting one. He's generally a very a very defensive player uh, by default, and this it's I I, th- I think Grey Knights are. A, aggressive list i put grain up there with white scars for how they perform and what they yeah. do the um, men yeah. board control going to be mm-hmm. a absolute terror if you are uh unequipped to deal with them and, and let's be honest actually most most armies are not bringing things that are equipped to deal with them exactly right and if, if you can just dodge sisters that Grey Knight army just really doesn't have anything that's going to be giving it a huge slap in the yeah. face. Like, as, as in, on, on just, like, looking at list for list, just like, well, if, if, he, if he cops sisters, pretty horrible. But if you well, just dodge them, like, let what, me what other really hard counters are out there? Yeah. There are some out there. Maybe that's what we see. Maybe some of those Death Card lists are, like, heavy Poxwalker. They're like, oh, you know what? Zod away. Zod all these Poxwalkers. Yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't care at all. You know, that's one mm. way to... If you have something that can absorb... Heck, I say this, two or three Rhinos may spoil the Grey Knight you know, charge hey, or whatever. You're going to yeah. see some, like, pure, like, some demons out there because they still have that strat to just come back. Exactly. Just pop, just yeah. come back, man. That, that's that's interesting. a real pain in the butt when you get free points in the ninth edition right now. <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> really I, big pain. I, I've watched uh, some of my friends, some of my, my friends practicing Grey Knights into demons back before the, in, in years gone past. And the guy has like two keepers of secrets in his list, but the Grey Knight player has to kill six of them over the game. And you're just like, yeah. 
That shouldn't be a thing. Free K for secrets. That seems like a that's a bargain. That's a bargain. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's Absolutely. A, the biggest bargain. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting lineup that they've got. Um, uh, Seekerite, Admech, you know, can't go wrong. And uh, Chester on Dark Eldar, he's... I mean, the only... I think he's, the only he's people he's lost it. to... I think the only people he's lost to in tournaments, apart from, I think, Jaime at, with Space Wolves, are on his team. So, yep. <laughs> whatever. Go for it, son. Um, so, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. Of course, I can't not pick the, these, these boys. I'm, in fact, you know, what am I doing? I'm not wearing I'm not wearing my Art of War shirt, and I'm not going to support my, my squad. But uh, yeah, I picked these guys to win it. Um... The next one under here, the second place team in attendance is Frozen North Gaming. Uh, only recently having taken that slot from our third place team, uh, that being Team Battle Brothers. Um, they're playing under the Advanced Warfare team name. I think that's a bit of a, um, a coaching service or some kind of service they're providing. I think they're promoting that. But Frozen North Gaming, currently second ranked in the ITC. Ben Sherwin playing Grey Knights. Yep. Matt Root playing Orcs. He's yep. going back to Orcs, boys. Nope. Yes, finally. Our boy is playing Orcs again. Ah. Um, Elliot... Elliot Levy playing Admech, Ryan Olsen playing Ultramarines, and James Kelling on Drakari. What do you make of that? Let's look at this this uh, dichotomy or this the way that these teams stack up against each other. Got a little bit what we expect the aggression uh, on both ends, and then they've got that one Marine player for that same thing. Like you know what, shrug your shoulders, push a Marine player out, see what happens. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Spot on. I actually um, this this team is a lot scarier than a lot of people might realize. This yeah. like every single guy on this team, they're really, really good with their factions. Killers. They're all killers. killers Absolutely mm-hmm. killers. And Ben, my boy, who uh who won Iron Halo just now, or not just now, like yeah. just over the weekend, who maybe maybe somebody predicted would happen. You know he's good. <laughs> you know he's good. <laughs> uh, well, well he, 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 I'm a little sad that Matt's not playing uh hive mind anymore but it's been a while so but seeing him on orcs actually makes me happy me too me too actually makes me really happy he's on orcs um the parallels between this one and the the one above they've both got a granite player they've both got a drakari player they've both got an admech player so three mm-hmm. out of the three are homogenous so then we've got an orc player in matt root he's you know was usually a drakari player but they have james kelling who's a who's a mm-hmm. baller drakari player so like well one of them's got to switch if you want to have these two guys on the team one of them's gonna to have to you know make the hard call and drop off and so matt root's been obviously had the the pivot into orcs in mind he's even had it on lists that we reviewed saying you know Orcs are still being painted. I'm playing Drakari for this one, et cetera, et cetera. I'm playing some <laughs> mind games. Now, interesting, they took that Ultramarines list over, say, you know, a brick list or a, a more aggressive list. Do um, we know so what's Ultra- in, that, in that list? Because, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, Ultramarine can still, can still shoot really well. Yeah. Well, bear with you for a couple of minutes. You guys talk quietly. I'll actually look it up. I'll look it up right now. Because now, now I'm saying it. It's yeah. actually really interesting. Well, uh, let, Dust, let me ask you a question. Are sure. Orcs as effective as the Sisters? They're effective in a different way. I feel like they actually match differently and match better into certain uh, other armies. Like for sisters, you're looking to get them to GK, like we were saying before. You're looking to get them to certain matchups that sisters can do well into. Orcs are better against something else other than sisters. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say they're comparable in terms of, I would bring both, to be honest. <laughs> I think they're both more than worth taking. But if you don't have a player for each, obviously that's not. An uh, well, also, and, and I think what we're still seeing people try to settle into what the orc competition no fat list is going to look yeah, like. Yeah, see, and that's yeah. that, that's the really hard part. And a team turn, like I'm still I'm still kind of leaning towards the free Buddhas with the Death Skulls mm. attachments. That's that's where I'm settling. The pure buggy list is good. It's just I think it's too risky in a team event. Well, you can get a good matchup for it. It's okay. Player plays terrain can actually help it too. But I feel like the I, I'm I'm on the free Buddha's Death Skull stream. That's where I am right now. I have been I've actually been playing some other tests. I've been testing like some boy spam because maybe the snake bites, you know, so they only get wounded on fours and anything strength seven and under. It gets kind of dirty. 
But it's just those buggies are so, so valuable for their points. It's it's ridiculous. That's good They're because, just, I mean, I, I love the way they look. I love the names of them. They I, look I would, amazing, uh, too. They do I really amazing. wanted to see them more on the table. I, you know, I'm happy that they are that they are doing well. Yes, they are. I, I love the way they look. They look so cool. And they have some cool rules, too. Um, I'm just getting his list up now, gentlemen, for the, the Ultras list being run Perfect. by uh, Ryan Olsen. Uh, he's got a Vanguard attachment of his Master Artisans and Whirlwind of Rage, of course. So he's taken a little bit of a melee skew in his um, successor chapter. Because uh, okay. kind of, why not? Because you already no, that, that's, really... that's normal. You usually see yeah. that as the successor chapter. That's normal. He's got a Promos Libby, Promos Techie with Seal of Oath. So he gets the juicy rerolls to wound. Yep. Two Invictors, two Redemptors, two Contemptors, uh, okay. Suppressors, two Landspeeder Storms. And then he has a... Another detachment, this one is a patrol, captain on bike, incurses, scouts, and one fatty unit of Vanguard vets to kind of play uh, linebacker, and okay. play defense for the whole yep. blob. Um, so yeah, very good list. But yeah, it's, it's exactly what we thought it would be, isn't it? It's yep. that it's polarity shifting, heavy. alpha nuking, smashing. There's layers the there, you know, yeah. as well. I mean, really, you really can. You've got these bands. All You can th- threaten in every range and, and then come over the top with a couple of those units if necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind but of yeah. push them up with things as well if necessary. But remember what I said about the nice list. Some of the renegade nice lists are just like, hey, can you risk just going second versus me? This is the same issue. He can just throw mm-hmm. this up against, even if it's a bad matchup, and be just be like, terrain's in my favor, baby, and I went first. Here's this half of your army. Don't even deploy, brother. It's yeah. not even here. Man, um, let's talk about Team Battle Brothers, and then and then we probably need to jump to the London Grand Tournament because that's look. There's a bunch of players. Oh yeah, we and, still got another whole tournament yeah. to talk about. Here. Yeah, no, no, and no. the Fuego Rapido. Look, if it, we also run down that we have a quick fire segment to the end of the show where we talk about uh, potentially controversial topics. You gotta you gotta hang. <laughs> Um, so Team Battle Brothers is our third ranked team in the ITC. They're also in attendance. They're sending. They're almost sending two teams. There's another team um, that has two or three of their their players on it, but I've decided to go with the one that was entirely of them, which is captained by their their flagship Sean Naden. You know, their big name Keystone player. He's playing Dark Elder. Then we've got Stephen Four. Wonderful to see Juice back in the scene. Uh, oh, playing yeah. Admech. Patrick McKinney uh, playing White Scars. John Schultz, who I believe is in the chat, playing Hive Mind. We're going to review his list in a moment, and then we've got Stephen Lind on Eldari. Um, and this is a very, very interesting lineup. Sean Naden may finally making the full pivot into Dark Eldar. Because um, if I had to guess, I would have guessed he'd be on the Eldari because he's a gun and he can make that work. No, like you can't blend the factions and, and open it up. So, you know, depending exactly. on what the, the other player on their team wanted to take, you know, it's like, oh, that just cannibalizes one of my one of my books. So I can't like we got we got to make a compromise. And look, I'll be real honest with you is that most of his lists were mostly Dark Eldar anyway. You know, so, you know, it's not, I don't think it's too much of a compromise. Apologies, I, I called him John Schultz. It's Josh. <laughs> so, oh. Sorry, guys. But yeah, you're okay. absolutely right. It's, it sounds like a hard call had to be made. And of, yeah. you know, Sean was just like, well, you know, I'm Sean Naden. I ain't going to drop a point. I'm playing Dark Elder. <laughs> oh, and, no, uh, no. You take it. Like, you definitely exactly, put that, exactly. that scalpel oh, in his hands, right? It's you, a, throw short, you throw Sean Naden up against anybody, and what are they going to do? You're going to be like, ah. Oh. I think we just give him, we throw somebody to the Sharks here because we don't want to waste a good player possibly not getting a good score. That's, yeah, that's aside from the two to... guys ahead of them, any team that comes up against that, who wants to face, play, face John Shot name? Like, uh, Bob Man, I wanna... Space Marine, just go. Yeah, yeah go into it. <laughs> I know who I would put on my team up against him. And yeah. I, and I, won't, I won't go who that is or the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> but so they've got they've got the, the nice player. So we've got the, the traditional all-rounded uh, Dark Elder list. Then we've got a beautiful, you know, what you'd assume um, ad mech list. Then we've got aggressive white scars, very well, very kind of an all roundy uh, hive mind list. And then a kind of a, a backline defensive Eldari list. It's kind of a good polarity to this. There's a bit of everything here. That's what you expect from, from somebody who has such, um, you know, world level t- uh, teams experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. Let's, let's have a look at um, 
Josh Schultz's uh, hive mind. Yes, list for the let's review. look at some hive mind. I'm, right. I'm excited. I love this. We should. Let me know. Let me know when we got this up. Yeah, go, go for it. Rundown. He's in the chat, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna slag on his list horrifically. No, I'm not. <laughs> Don't hey, worry, Josh. I got your back, like buddy. See I yeah. got your back. Yeah, because I actually love this list. So the reason I pulled this up is because I love it. And I love that you, teams give you avenues that you can find lists that wouldn't be able to have much of a role or have much of a showing in singles, all of a sudden become a powerhouse in teams. Mm-hmm. Um, starts off with a Vanguard attachment, this one of High Fleet Chronos. Starts off with a Neurothrope, three units of Hive Guard, one unit oh of six, God. two units of five, wow. and a single Lictor, because why not? Then he's got a patrol detachment of Kraken, Broodlord, um, 16 gene stealers for acid moors two single pyrovores because you're a funny man um and then a patrol detachment of twisted helix with a patriarch um two units of rock saw echoes one unit of five um acolytes and then a big unit of hybrid uh metamorphs each one with a hand flamer a whip and a rending claw and there's got two goliath trucks to tote around what i assume is the the rock saw acolytes or the metamorphs depending um we're gonna i'm gonna hand pass this straight over to dusty uh what do you think mate because i actually lo- i actually love this list this is sexy. I love this, especially in player plays terrain where you can mm-hmm. reliably hide three units of hive guard. Do you have any idea how much damage those guys are going to do in like every matchup? It's incredible. And you, what are you going to do? You're going to run at them? Cool. I've got rock saws. I've got metamorphs. Come at mm-hmm. me, bro. Let's go. There's gene stealers here too. These pyrovores, the lictor, it's all there to make sure he gets the points, whether engaged or he wants a rod. He's got so many options to go steal objectives. This is a juicy list. I love it. I love this list. What do you make of it, Paul? Yeah, I think it's what I like about it is it can be everywhere and do everything. There's a whole lot of like, what does that do? You know, it's for your opponent. So yeah. you, you could potentially, and I'm not not saying anyone should make missteps, uh, but you can definitely see this uh, maybe in- inducing that target confusion that we talk about a lot that will allow them to kind of forward their own goals, uh, which is exactly what the hive mind wants to do, right? Now, I- and another thing I want to point about this team lineup, um, with taking, I'm just gonna, I've just pulled up their Eldari list real quickly. I'm just gonna have a quick skim. A um, bunch of fusion, bo- a bunch of fusion uh, players in boats. Uh, decent unit of Skyweavers with the Haywire cannons, and then a couple units of Strikers, Scorpions, a couple units of Super Hawks, three units of Dark Reapers with the Tempest launchers and well, two Night Spinners. So this has hang on like- one second before we go. I want to talk about the Goliath trucks. Also, it's like that's another one of those. Like a couple of transports are just sleeper hits right now because of things like the Grey Knights and Thousand Suns. Anything that relies on any of yeah. that that uh, non you know closest target type of stuff, you know, you don't want to waste your juicy things on there. You could just throw a couple of transports up mm. in there, and if you can get a good transport for sub one hundred points, you should really consider it. Listen, no, sorry, these, things, I, these yeah, transports are absolutely amazing too. Because like right now, until until it's fact, or if they use the WTC fact right now, because the blips can go right at your deployment zone. Goliath truck can go an inch out of your deployment zone within that blip. So you're basically yep. getting an extra seven inches out of your deployment zone. And then with yep. Twisted Healers, you get an additional two inches on your advance. When you get out, advance and charge for one CP, these things can hit anything on the board on turn one uh-huh. if you go first. Uh-huh. It is yep. scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll go to it any, anything. It's, it's, it's so efficient. I love I it. I love it. I love it. Sorry, I know no, we moved on to Eldari, but I wanted, no, to, I wanted to really... Tournament, gentlemen. No, no, I, um, I'm happy that you talked about that. I'll, I'll, I'll back you up on anything you want to talk about Forces of Hive Mind. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. I just I just love that it's me, Paul, and then someone with a hard skew. Because, like, <laughs> PJ's on, it's Noise Marines, this, slash that. Ah, oh, Terminators, Terminators, Dreadclaw. And, I, mean, uh, I have to be on, it's just like, it. if, it's, if it's not him, it's got to be me, man. I'm, I'm here to skew it. Otherwise, it's just you guys talking about stuff that's average, you know? I just love that I managed to get away with saying that both Paul and myself are impartial when Paul is literally like, 
I mean, if you if you pan to left on Paul's room, Mephi- he's got like a life size Mephiston. So How many secondary like, oh. guard can we have? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, tell us about this uh, this next event, Paul. Oh, hang on. Yeah, okay. So the next event is the the London Grand Tournament. Uh, this is where uh, I'm going to pull it up. We got. 594 players, Ridiculous. seven rounds from the UK, which I think seven rounds, uh, we break down the math on that in a bit. Uh, but this is, uh, that's, a, that's a chunk of folks. Uh, I think people are in that area are ready to roll dice and play. Absolutely. This is, their scene is going haywire. It's amazing to see. And uh, it's an interesting breakdown of factions as well. Now, I'm trialing and we're trialing a different um, you know, presentation for the faction breakdowns. Please tell us if you like the last one or you like this one better. I think you're going to like this one better. We're just evolving <laughs> as we evolve and as we learn more about how we, we want to be viewed. Um, but yeah, so quick rundown from the top because we are a little bit under the pump, gentlemen. Um, I've broken, I've, we've broken the factions down into super factions. Starting at the top, the Imperial Super Faction, totaling 142 lists out of the almost 600 we have in attendance. 37 Sisters, 29 Custodes, 34 Admech, 9 Astromil Time, 28 Grey Knights, 5 Imperial Knights, so totaling 142, like I said. Really good representation there for, like like we'd think, Admech, uh, uh, but Admech less than Sisters and almost as many Custodes as Admech, which is really interesting, and um, twenty. This is what I expect, well. though. I really do yeah. expect this because mm-hmm. the 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 Adeptus Veritas, they uh, again can contribute to that hobby like thing where it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time for people to ramp up to get exactly what they want. And if the, if the need changes to where oh you need you need some uh, Repentia instead of the Zephyrum or whatever, you've got a there's a there's a time element that's involved mm-hmm. in that. And I think that the, the sisters have all. All the tools, you know, it's uh, one of the things in the, in the newer, in newer ninth edition codexes actually have a lot of tools in them in general, uh, but they have it in, a, in, a, in something that people could just supplement what they're already, uh, their collection is already. They're not having to start fresh. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we're, th- I think that's why we're seeing Sisters bubble up. Well, the interesting one to me here is, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually a little bit surprised um, to see Sisters more than Admech, but to see so many Custodes, and uh, to see, well, I, we expect to see, Ad, uh, definitely seeing Grey Knights on the rise, but 29 Custodes players, that is a huge, uh, huge percentage there. And I'm really happy to see it. Um, Custodes are yeah, a great d- travel army. Uh, look, they, Custodes, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I don't know how many Telamon are over there, but Telamon are, you know, probably easier to get where Forge, Forge World is made. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but honestly, I, just, I just think they're an army that if you're playing all seven rounds of this event, you're not going to get bored. You're not going to get a sore back. Yeah. You're going to enjoy every game because they're always mm-hmm. going to have a decent game against every every army. And they're fun. They've got so many tricks, so many awesome stratagems. And like you said, perfect. Uh, you hit it on the head, Paul. If you, if you don't know which army to play, play the one that's easiest. Play the one that's easiest yeah. to travel, easiest to move around. And you're always going to be a good showing. So Five I, knights, I love... ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Five Imperial Knights. Five Imperial Knights as well. Yeah. Out, of, <laughs> out of 600 players, only five? Eh, it's probably about right. Um, <laughs> jumping down. So we have pulled Marines out to be their own super faction because why not? They're that much yeah. of, they're that bigger percentage of the environment that I think they were in it. Um, 20 Dark Angels, 17 Space Wolves. So same thing. Space Wolves almost almost equal, second second or equal most. Uh, 12 Blood Angels, 8 Death Watch, and 10 alloc- Unallocated. So 10 people just listed themselves as Adeptus Astartes and we didn't have time to click on them all and figure out what they were. Um, but that is interesting. So two. So essentially we're saying out of the 68 total Marines, a minimum of, of uh, 29 of them uh, aggressive Blood Angel Space Wolves list. I think it's very interesting. 
Yeah, that doesn't I mean, surprise it's me that much, right, right where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I, I, it, what what is surprising is it matches up so well with the tournament we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, you're going to see the same kind of thing in singles, and because uh, you're saying they're going to be bringing the best lists in that team event, right? Because it's just a win loss ratio, so it's not surprising to see the same kind of ratio in a singles event, then, right? Because they're trying to bring yeah, the best so, list. Well, but that's the best, and in that's this the game right now, people. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, you move the fastest. You get there where you want. You you hopefully like uh, to early closeouts on your opponent and those lists can deliver that mm -hmm. uh, but it is very much a go big or go home exactly right well what i wanted to point out was that they're so homogenous uh across different tournament formats teams to singles they're so homogenous across different metas on literally different sides of the globe and they're so homogenous across um different um terrain formats and different layouts and things and so it just shows that marines are just kind of evergreen in a lot of ways same as i was talking about dark elder as long as you're willing to stay flexible within that kind of marine super faction you're always going to have a rewarding play experience i believe um, jumping down to our next one, we have uh, the Chaos Super Faction. 15 Chaos Soup lists, being a you know a mix of CSM or T-Suns, Death Guard, Demons, whatever. Uh, 11 uh, straight-up Chaos Space Marine lists, 20 T-Suns, 38 Death Guard. Holy crap, <laughs> 7 Demons, and 2 Chaos Knights. Our time is now. Death Guard time is now. It's it's just crazy to see this many Death Guard consistently all the time, week in, week out. They're fun I mean, to play. Everywhere. They look good. I got a buddy who's everywhere. never played Warhammer his entire life, started a Death Guard army last week. There you go. Like they just they just go. cool models. You they're, know, there's part they're of that. A perfect intro army. Perfect intro army. Um, uh, what else do you guys make of this? Twenty T Suns. So they are sitting um a little bit behind Grey Knights. Twenty eight Grey Knights. Twenty T Suns. But I think that makes sense to be with the with the the armies that people are able to pick up and play. There's just like eight more people were able to just pick up and play their fifth edition Grey Knight army more than the T Suns players were able to yeah. do with their seventh edition that's, army. That's I think you just nailed that analysis right there. <laughs> exactly. So. Right. That's exactly. It. <laughs> Sometimes it's that simple, guys. Um, one crazy. You know, maybe you repainted their helmets if the if they used to be purifiers, but no one no one knows that the purifiers had different helmets. So just bring Ooh. them. It's fine. Just. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, I just want to point out, Death Guard is the second most represented faction at this event. They are sick, sitting I mean, second duh. on that podium. But it's, it's crazy. Blood it's Angels weak. is first, right? Dude. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously Blood Angels is first. Dude, but it's week in, week out. They're one of the top three frackens in representation. I think it's amazing. Awesome. Everywhere. Everywhere. Well, they struggle the to get. Worldwide. They struggle to win. They, they struggle to win. Either, like they, It's hard to go 5-0 with them. And my, my experience is hard to go 5-0 with them. But it's, it's not hard to go 4-1. Uh, and, it, and it checks off all the boxes. Good-looking armies, uh, easy to move around because you're not to playing with a, a t ton of, uh, of models most of the time unless you choose to. Uh, and they play well against all, into almost everything. It's just very difficult at these at the at these types of events to mm. to get max number of victories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, all right, jumping down to as Xeno Super Faction, uh, 25 Necrons, 30 Orcs, so very good healthy representation by both, and zero Tau. Oh! Six, six, let me just put this in perspective. 600 people, give or take, are attending this thing, and not one of them had it in them to bring Tau. Not one. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, the poor Tau. The poor Tau. There you uh. go. There wasn't even one Joker who was like, I don't want to play a movement phase. I'm going to get absolutely trashed. I'm I don't want psychic movement. Yeah, 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 exactly right. It's just going to deploy and drink. Deploy and drink. <laughs> uh, love it. <laughs> um, but dudes, what do you make there? So orcs, a very, very good representation by orcs. So, you know, yeah, um, that's, that's, that's same as Necrons. Still plenty yep. of Necrons there. 
Necron surprises me a little bit, but Necrons are still a very uh, consistent army too, especially if you're used to playing them. It depends on what kind of builds you're going to see. If it's going to be what uh, Adam says you should take, it's just uh, all kinds of immortals. I still think warriors yeah. are, are the way to go. With I don't know. Yeah, a good buddy of mine just put his put his money where his mouth is with Necrons. He's right there. Oh, cold out. Absolutely cold out. Well, I haven't, I haven't bought any yet, man. <laughs> I haven't put my money on that. But yeah, I am be- I've become Kron curious, so to speak. Kron curious. I have some Krons to pick some up, you know, but they're warriors. There you go. I, I still like warriors. I just think Necrons are better. Uh, sorry, Immortals are better at the moment in the current environment. Uh, that T5, mwah, beautiful. Uh, if, you can get t- if you can get T5 yep. on a troop, I think that troop is by default decent. And then you put a good, you put a very premium gun on that troop and all of a sudden you're like hey this guy's actually pretty good uh 17 points of model as yeah. well not too bad um but jumping in to talk about the last one um which is the eldari super faction 13 hey. mixed Eld- what <laughs> i didn't do that on purpose but the- I did it now. you serious <laughs> we have the hive mind super you're not faction. getting away with that with me on uh, this right so now good. come on was, i wish that was on purpose now in hindsight <laughs> hive mind super faction 10 tyrannids 4 gsc 14 total lists um no mixed Zero hive actual mixed between the two. That's Just crazy. Split. And I find that really interesting. Is there I don't see any reason why to do that. Like you don't lose anything by splitting. I think you just make both hearts better. Absolutely. But, um, they they fill I, a couple I, gaps I, for each other. I don't know. I I like the single I like the single factions. Just because well, I, you're buff guy, maybe that's right? just preference. I can see yeah. I can see reasons why nids could be solo because you can do some nid builds that I think can be well rounded, but I just don't feel like great. I don't feel like GSC can be truly well rounded in the current environment. I think um, both of them just get better with the other. That's yeah, that's yeah. I, okay. I, no, look, I, think, I, trust, I trust your opinion on that one hundred percent. Adding backline shooting from Tyranids to GSC just makes GSC so much better. Yep. Um, and and vice versa. If you if, if you yep. wanted to say have um, a horde of um, you know Tyranids. Um, you know, Hormigan, Scorns, whatever. And if you just added like little pocket punchy acolyte units, I think that adds a, a lot as well. Um, oh, it adds whole... so much. The, the yeah. close combat you get from uh, GSC and the shooting and psychic you get from Tyranids mm. as well and some of the extra movement shenanigans, they just make each other so much better. It's, to me, it's just better, but I, I understand why people want to play pure. I do it too. Mm. I've, I've played some pure GSC just because, you know, why not sometimes? But yeah. they're definitely so- better together. If I had to make a prediction before this event, I would have predicted there to be like 10 hive mind and then maybe like five pure of each. And that, that would yep. be my prediction. That um, would so, have been the prediction. Yeah, yeah. Um, jump you down. We got our last super fashion. Now you may move actual... on, Adam. Now you may move <laughs> Thank on. You. I appreciate your permission. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually, we're not going to have a ton of time to talk about the players themselves. You know, we got yeah. to get under our... <laughs> Our final segment here. Exactly right. Well, we, we won't do a, we won't review any of the list. We'll just do the little anecdotal type parts that we've done. Uh, Thirteen mixed Eldari, fifty three, fifty three Drakari, fifty three, uh, seven Harlequins, ten Craftwood Elder. So actually, ten people brought pure Craftwood Elder. Ten people brought pure Nids as well. I think that's pretty funny that, that that's the same number. But fifty three. It's like Drakari. eight and a half percent of the tournament is Drakari. Yeah, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, and uh, they are twenty, almost oh, twenty uh, people more. Sorry, thirty-eight is Death Guard, the next next lowest down. Fifty-three at the top, and then thirty-eight, and then it's thirty-seven directly below the thirty-eight mm-hmm. for Sisters. Mm-hmm. That's our top three factions representation. Um, but fifty-three Drakari is absolutely fearsome. If you are going to win this game, and chances are, if you're going deep into it, you're going to have to knock out two Drakari players on the way, and that's actually kind of a huge ask. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, um, it's never easy. That's a good point. Uh, I, with, looking at it that way, of what, what you have to go through, what you have to play through uh, mm-hmm. in this many rounds uh, with the with the saturation of players. I mean, what you really hope is that in that in round two of the tournament, half of them take each other out. 
Exactly right. Exactly right. And then we talk about not wanting to submarine anymore, but that was the reason why people used to be like, you see 53 Drakari plays and like, if I have to play them three times on three missions in six rounds, one of those is just going to go bad and I'm going to get absolutely yeah. murderized. Mm-hmm. Look, so, some of them, there's going to be, well, I should say going to be, there's a, there's a likelihood that there will be at least one Drakari on Drakari matchup. Uh, there's some likelihood that not all of them are going to win round one, uh, but the majority of them that do could play in round two, and you know it might it might that might yeah. thin out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, really Epically, yeah. round yeah. three, round four. Yeah, spot on. Um, uh, crazy top players in attendance at this event is absolutely insane. Ten of the top ten players in the UK are playing at this event. Every single person mm-hmm. in the top ten is at this event. And we're going to run down these pretty quickly because we're a little bit we're going to bleed long in the tooth. But the top, the currently the first ranked player in the UK is Manny Chima. No surprises. I don't think he's. I think he's lost one or two events he's been to in the last six months. He's won pretty much every single other one. He's playing uh, Admech. He's been jumping around between Orcs and Admech, and he played a little bit of Drakari, I think, early earlier on. He's got a triple patrol. Uh, Lucius, with, with, Lucius. with this, uh, with this number of players, you can't afford to to lose a round. You can't afford Definitely to not, uh, sacrifice not, any points. Not, you, you've not. got to swing for the fences, and so you bring you bring what you think you got. You can do yeah, best. and, and ex- exactly. It's really interesting to see people bring reliability to an event like this. Mm-hmm. Just just reliable mm-hmm. point scoring, efficiency, and just straight line linear power packed on the back of it. And Admech is that to a T. Yep. Um, and Lucius Lucius Mars, he's taking a triple patrol. Like he's not running many. He's not, he hasn't got many starting CP. He's got a hundred odd ranges, a zero vanguard from what I could see. Maybe I read it wrong, but a hundred ranges, give or take, and six planes. That's the archetype, and they're just the supporting characters to go along with it. Um, yep. The six planes is actually phenomenally good. If people don't know why six planes is good for this, it's because they're essentially your screen. They jump around and dart around in front of your army and stop anybody from getting within engagement range. And then you just got a hundred yep. warriors to just walk up the board, take all the middle objectives, and shoot you to absolute bits. It's a really good list, and it just can't not do well. I think. Let's mm-hmm. run down the the rest of the players and, and their factions, and I don't think we're going to see really any surprises here. But let's call them out if they do. If we happen to know if they if they switched factions for this particular event. <clears throat> Uh, to my mind, I haven't seen many surprises here. We've got Mike Porter, the second-ranked player in the UK, playing Admech as well. He's playing a double Mars patrol, uh, patrol and Outrider. Veteran cohort, min-max rangers, four units of Sakarans, three units of chickens in a, con- in a conglomeration of four chickens, three chickens, one chicken, which I find really interesting. And he's also got three planes. Another very good list, nicely well-rounded. I'd love to ask him why that that those unit chicks a four man a three man and a one man doesn't make any sense to me but here we are um we've got ben jones the third ranked player running dark elder um he's got a cult of strife a technomancer and a black heart so pretty traditional he's got blood brides msu hellions two single urgles which i find is pretty interesting um five chronos in a three man and a two man a big court of the archon three incubi drazar and just min maxed everything else only three raiders ultra ultra msu is what i put next to that as well stephen box fourth ranked player in the uk playing sisters single order of our martyred lady battalion this one is quite interesting um, he's got uh, Celestine, Junith, Min Troops, three big units of Celestians, one unit of Repentia, two units of Dominions, one unit of Zephyrim, three units of Retributors, and three Rhinos is encapsulates the list. I think this list is a little bit of a sleeper. People are very being very gravitated towards the double detachment list, one being Bloody Rose and one being Take Your Pick. Um, but I think this is going to do very well. Yeah, I like this list, actually. It's, it's, it, I think you're right. It's a sleeper list for sure. There's a lot of things in there that people aren't going to expect. Mm, exactly right um moving on quickly uh we have mark crumbleholm in fifth place playing dark elder now he's got a we were going to review his list because it's really is really quite interesting but i'm not sure we've got time now he's playing triple cabal he's got three patrols all a cabal he's got Blackheart. he's got um obsidian rose and he's got poison tongue and he's just like three units of of uh trueborn in raiders he's just got 
huge min-max units of um, of Cabalite Warriors, a bunch of them with blasters, and there's just got stuff kind of everywhere. I actually like his list a lot. He's got all the killer characters you would assume, you know, minus the Succubus, so he's got Drizar and the Archons whatnot, a bunch of Raiders, um, and yeah, a bunch of Court uh, of the Archon as well. I like his list quite a lot. I think it's going to be very well. I think it's another sleeper Dark Eldar build. And this is the thing, yeah, as soon as you, uh, you just be like, oh, what, is, what does Dark Eldar look without Cult of Strife? All of a sudden, your brain just explodes with opportunities, because there's just so many good freaking builds in that book. It's ridiculous yeah absolutely and it gives you the opportunity to take three true board if you really wanted to mm. yeah, that's um, true board are so good all right next up we have mr we have yeah, matt, matt robinson. robinson with chaos yeah dude uh, we, with the- <laughs> yeah lord of skulls look this is one of those things it could be create sometimes players are gonna go and walk up and go okay well i'm gonna shoot my shot and then if i don't pick them off the table well i guess it's a different game good game yeah, absolutely right. Now, so he's got, um, I, I've called it a meme-tastic impu- uh, Iron Warriors. A Disco Lord, three Corn Lords of Skulls, a Bloodmaster with the crown to give him all the juicy goodness buffs, and just a couple of MSU Furies. And I think, the, the, if I was to call it, because I don't know what this gentleman is playing, you could be playing meme lists like this the entire thing, but if I was him and I was like, well, I'm not willing to play Dark Elder or Admech, so I'm just going to have a good time. Like, and he's, he's probably just going to like crush four out of six games just because he's just going to go first and be like, ha ha ha, um, But you know, uh, yeah, he's gonna could have, be going he's gonna for best fun. in his faction, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, really? That's uh, um, depending on what the award categories are. Now, uh, I'll, I'll, go in, I'll go and close out the rest, and then we can get down to our five little pieces. We got, we got Michael Duff, seventh, with Admech. Uh, Michael Costello uh, with Death Watch. And Nick Council, ninth, in, with Death Watch. Like, yeah. a two Death Watch players, you know, really think about that. Like, these are what we know is accomplished players high in the rankings choosing to bring death watch to this massive mega event. That's going to be interesting to th- see how it went out next week. I, and then we got Marcus Hinson, uh, 10th with his ninths and, uh, and ad mech. Now a good I combination hope, as well, especially absolutely. probably leaning on that, uh, the book of rust. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I think he's got a Castellan and two crusaders. <clears> I believe I, I looked at his list really quickly. Old school. The, Old school. The cause, cause, yeah. Cause he was listed as Imperium. So I wanted to see what the, what the, the combination was, <clears> but I, Michael Costello and Nick Council. I hope at the start of the, the first round, you have a gentleman's bet and the, the guy who ends the, the highest between the two of you gets a pint. I, ho- I hope there's some kind of thing that go on that one like that. Cause see eighth <laughs> place and ninth place, both taking death watch. Hopefully you guys are good mates. Cause I think that's hilarious. Um, I think that's, I think that's going to be interesting. To see. I, I want to see, you know, I want to see what how they both did, and uh, you know what we saw as the Lord of Skulls after this event. I think this is going to be a good one to go look back on uh, after this after this takes place. Spot on. Now let's hit up that Fugaro boys. We are long in the two. Yeah, that's it. We got to do our rundown. So. This, this is the point in the show. We, uh, we put up a list of topics. Uh, we read those topics off, and then we give ourselves a small amount of time to actually just pontificate on them. Uh, so as soon as production starts the clock, I'll kick us off. Oh, okay. What will it take to make vehicles worth taking? Dustin, we'll start with you. What? Are they not worth taking right now? I'm taking them all the time. I, I, I love I vehicles. I feel the same well, way. Well, I love I them. just endorsed it. So, I spent... But, but what do you? Th- so I wrote this one in there. But what are you taking? You're taking a couple of transports, yeah? Yeah, just taking transports. What, what yeah, they're vehicles. They're vehicles. Kinda. You know what I mean? Like we're not kind of land speeders are vehicles. Um, <sighs> uh, Alist- uh, Iron Strider, Ballastar are vehicles. Dread Knights are vehicles. What, what are you? This taking? Qu- okay, I mean, but I think what you mean question. is, why uh, aren't you taking vehicles? So I. Yeah. Think <laughs> 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 so the only vehicles that I consider taking are like some dreadnoughts, like essentially. Um, dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts are vehicles. 
Dragons? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, Dragons, that's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. Okay, you make some fair points, gents. What about things like Land Raiders, things like Gladiators, things like uh, yeah. Executions, things like Lehman Russes, things like all these, uh, I mean, certain, take... uh, what the Valkyrie, you know, the yeah. the vehicles from some, you know, some of those things. Camaras. What will it take to take tanks is what you really want. Uh, to know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, okay. that's fair. That's, that's, that I think is. Do you take rock grinders, man? Like, do you take rock grinders? I no. have actually. They're kind of fun. Once, I don't take probably. them in competitive list, but I'll put like exactly. five aberrants in them because it's fun. But exactly. Oh, what I so <laughs> with, with vehicles, you know, with a beholden to what the terrain does sometimes uh their weapons are not always as reliable as maybe what you want them to be i think so so seeing what you know when i when we're counseling people on what to take we look at the point values too like if you can find a, a vehicle that does several different things or can perform a multifunction role for less than 100 points or something like that or around 100 points maybe plus you know five ten percent off of that then it's probably a good vehicle when you start mm-hmm. looking into that when you're having to make really good different value choices in your list like man do i want to take this 200 point vehicle that's a different thing mm-hmm. altogether mm-hmm. yeah that, that's so, the, that's the main thing for sure i'm talking about like if you want to be able to do shooting and close combat with the tank that's that's what yeah. you there. Yeah, why yeah. do they hit on sixes? So that's, why did you get hit with a freaking tank, man? And it's gonna miss like like somebody's what? trying to lean out the door. Just, oh, we're on the okay. Time is ticking on the next one. How yeah, long right. should I allocate for deployment at an event? So, in uh, uh, tournaments, have timed rounds, right? Uh, and so, your deployment strategy or how you handle your deployment and the time that you take has to be factored into your overall strategy. And I don't think it is factored in enough in people's minds. Am I crazy? I 100% agree. 100% agree. The amount of times, especially when I'm calling games as well, and you see one, they both, you know, use the chess clock to allocate their time. And you'll see one person who's used like upwards of 20 minutes on deployment. He's like, man, that's that could really come back to bite you. You might just lose the game because of how much you spent in deployment. And so I'd like to get deployment under, I think, I think I've got it to under seven minutes on no matter what army I take, I try and keep it under seven minutes. No matter what. And, and that takes into account like explaining my list as well. So probably around five minutes. And so that means if I'm taking a horde army, I've got movement traits to deploy upon. If I'm taking, you know, uh, whatever, I've got. If, I'm, if, I, if I need to keep people in auras on deployment, I use little, you know, diameter discs, or I use the um, the, the six-inch diameter, um, yeah, widgets, or the. I actually use um, spare objective markers, you know, the, the six-inch uh, felt discs or whatever to allocate, you know, so I know they're all within six inches when I deploy them, and I put put them down, you know, whatnot. Those are about but, seven and three-quarter inches wide, so yeah. just. You know, be, be be sharp. <laughs> I think think seven minutes is a good number because I'm playing like Force of the Hive Mind, right? So I have a lot of blips too. So my deployment yeah. doesn't really happen until the end of first turn movement phase for my opponent or on my first turn. So mine sometimes takes a little bit longer, like two, three minutes. That's mainly though because I am actually counter deploying every single time because I can. That's one of the strongest things about GSC. So it takes a little bit longer, but it means my first turn is either a lot better and their first turn is useless, as, as useless as I can make it. So it takes a little bit longer for that point of it. <laughs> I think seven okay. minutes is a good time. K.R. Quinn, what if you talk normal nice. speed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> then you got you got nine minutes of uh, of deployment. That's uh, that's what yeah. you want. Um, okay, here's a, here's one. Should I give my opponents max points if I concede? This is something. This is a this is a a, a charged topic, and we know that. Uh, and wh- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer yet. Uh, Adam, what what is your answer? Uh, so I differentiate between calling a game and conceding. 
I think if you say you concede, you give, you give up any rights to govern the, the end score, despite you get what you had at the time of scoring, and any you, you lose pretty much any say in the in, in, in any determining whatever else happens. If you say, look, I think I think I'm going to call the game here right now. The points I have is pretty much all that I'm going to be able to get. You score the points you were going to get, and I'm, I, I accept that I've lost this game. Mm-hmm. I think that's bit you get you, by doing that, you get a lot more agency in determining in self determination. When I when I when I think of concede, I think of something that happens in the first three turns of a game. When I talk about calling a game, I generally think about something that happens in the last three turns of a game. Um, yeah. If someone concedes to me in the first turn, I'm like, well, bruh, I'm I'm giving myself max points, and you can't really say I can't have those points because we haven't played the game yeah. and you've accepted that you're going to lose. Okay. But it, if you know so i i i think generally the answer is yes but i think if you if you accept that you've lost and you concede um i, I firstly i'll tell people don't concede play a game out get whatever fun you can out of it and if you come to an end and you want to concede, well, if they're having fun right five, this is yeah some people concede for different reasons right there's yeah. a, if, if you there's but a... if if you call a game over on turn four um you, you I, from, to, to the way i see it i've got the points that i've scored if i've called it i'm like yeah i'm going down hard the points that i scored are the points that i scored you continue to score as many points as you can get, brother. And if you get a max, Dustin, we're running out of time on that. What do you What do you think, though? Uh, I say don't concede because you you learn more when you're playing from behind than you do when you're winning. You will learn so much more in the game. You will get better at it whenever you play through a game, no matter how much you're losing by. Just keep playing through it. Get out of your own head. You'll be fine. You'll still have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say put those terms conditions in the packet for your tournament. That's what I think. What you mm-hmm. however you want to cool. however cool. the organizer wants to handle that. More so it's done that consistently way. across yep. all tables across every round. Uh, I love this new format that we've got for the for the Fuego here. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Ideal 40k pilgrimage. This could be um, let's let's try to keep it terrestrial, possible, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe not even terrestrial. Just just make it let's make it possible by today's technology. What is your ideal 40k pilgrimage? Dustin, what'd you say? I just go to Warhammer World, man. That's that's because I I don't live in London, right? So I want to go over there and do that. I was supposed to yeah. do it when I went to WTC, but I couldn't because I had to work longer. So the rest of the team did it, and I felt I, I really wanted to go, so I'm gonna do it next time. But I think that's the main yeah. pilgrimage. You got to go there. You got to have some games with some of the locals there everywhere you go. That's that's the pilgrimage. You got to go to Warhammer World, play some games with some locals. That's what you want. Warhammer so, World is awesome. Bugman's is, Bar is so cool. Mm. Uh, uh, my uh, I, my ideal one would be. August WTC, September L L uh, London Grand Tournament, October Warhammer World. And that's that's my pilgrimage journey. Perfect. That's like my it takes me across my Perfect. meccas, so to speak. I would go on yeah, that that pilgrimage is... with you, Adam. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that next year. Let's do it yeah. next year. Uh, that's, you know, guy, it makes me feel. I was thinking, like, what, what? Because I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have, I've played Warhammer in Warhammer World, and it is absolutely awesome. I've been Busted. able to play <laughs> at some of the, what are the, what I consider the crown jewel tournaments uh, here in the states. Uh, I'd love to play, um, you know, I, I don't know, in, in the uh, next to a volcano or something, you know, like that's where I'm a safe enough distance away from a from an erupting oh. volcano. Uh, <laughs> somewhere that's pretty, that's pretty metal somewhere like that very metal yeah so <laughs> i think that's when i was i, I don't know what if what i would uh, have is my is my ideal pilgrimage but i think that, that's something to, i think i'm gonna math it out i think i'm gonna try to math it out and have a better answer uh by the next time we come around to this beautiful <laughs> all right might as well hit the next right. one then here we go non-top tier faction that will go undefeated at the las vegas team tournament what's your pick my new heart i can tell you what it won't there. be yeah. What? No, I go. What would it be? Oh no, there were just zero hive mind. I'm sorry. Sorry, zero. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna call. Oh, actually, I'm actually going seesawing between a couple. Dustin, you want to go? 
There was one hive mind of the LVTs we're talking about. I know at least one. Yeah, it was Josh Schultz. I'm just messing with you. It's going to be it, man. It's, gonna, it's absolutely going to be Hive Mind. People are always sleep on that. Hive Mind is so good at team tournaments. No. You guys don't even know. I think you're right, too. You could be spot on because, especially in the team tournament format, to where that the, they're going to, they may get some some good matchups. And that's what they want. You want to create these good matchups, but then the player skill comes. So they might they might have just a couple of lopsided games and then only have to really bring in that skill for a couple of the games, which could propel well, them to an undefeated record. Absolutely. Paul, I, th- I think you meant to say GSC, because uh, uh, GSC had the donate. It wasn't Hive Mind. Oh, Hive Mind, sorry. One yeah, that's, that's, that's what I yeah, okay. that's I'm going to call. I'm going to call Imperial Knights. I think it, one Imperial Knight player of the yeah, eight yeah, is going to go I, undefeated. I'm down. I can get behind that mm. for yeah. sure. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Space Wolves. Actually, nice. Yeah, good call. You're you're cool. reading the yeah. chat a lot, aren't you, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> no, so I did. So I, I did look at the chat, the but I've been reminded the Space Wolves have actually been doing decently well recently yeah, from what yeah. I've seen on like like Twitter and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe that code has been cracked to to where there's the right mix of their characters and their special mm-hmm. rules and the strats that that might yeah. put them in a situation to where you know they, they and then really I think that a lot of those Space Wolf players are either going to throw them into situations like well we don't know. What to what to face here? So let's go ahead and put that space wolf players out, mm-hmm. or they could be saving them, you know, after all the heavy hitters have been picked off already, and then kind of per- player protecting a little bit. Uh, and so because of that and the density of the list, I think that we might see space wolves go all the way. Yep, yeah, I like it. Beautiful. Surprise pocket sand. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we didn't call winners. I called the winner. I said that my boys out of war is going to take out the uh, LVTT. Do you guys want to call the winner? Battle Brothers. Let's go, boys. There we go. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. I, th- I think that there's that those are obviously there's incredibly skilled players taking you know lean list, tried and proven list, and they are going to be. It's I think in the early rounds it's definitely theirs to lose. Uh, I th- it's a little too soon to tell, but I think those are solid solid picks, and I can I can endorse you can get behind both of those absolutely. Now let's not pick a player for LGT. Let's pick a faction. What faction do you think is going to take out the 600 player super major? Custodes. Nice. Oh, I love it. Wow. Love it, love it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Admech. Yep, I'm gonna say Drakari just because they got 53. I'm playing yeah. it safe. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good bet. 53 players playing it safe. Uh anyway, I think uh, it. Well, it has been Awesome to, to see the chat and, and thank you all for participating live with us. If you are uh, listening to us later, we do this every Thursday. We do a live stream. You can participate on in the chat. We'd love to hear, see the comments. Uh, love to see what people are talking about. If you have an event or you're playing in the event, come check it out and see if we're going to talk about it and talk about, you know, maybe what your hopes uh, for the events are. Uh, and yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing y'all next week. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You guys got anything you want to add before we get out of here? Um, there's going to be some amazing coverage of the LGT this weekend over on the Oldest Wargamer. Tune over there for some awesome coverage. I'm going to be doing the in-between round stuff. So in between uh, round one and round f- and after round four, I'm going to be doing a bit of a round roundup and also in between around five and round six. But I'm doing little half-hour ones then. I'll be covering all of the lunchtime stuff. Tune in. I'm going to be up early in the morning talking some absolute crap, talking about who's winning, who's losing. Jump on the Oldest Wargamer, support the stream. And yeah, we'll see you there. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Absolutely. I'll be joining you there too. Good night, everybody.